Health Naturally with herbalist and natural therapist, Dennis Stewart. Welcome to Health Naturally on 2 and you are FM. Greg Richard here, joined by Dennis Stewart. Nice to be back with you again, Dennis. It is indeed, Greg. Very nice to see you. It you is. come over very well, mate. You oh. Lovely jacket on there. Oh, thanks. He's, he's very attractive, <laughs> young, <laughs> aspiring commentator. Well done, well done. <laughs> well, I don't know. Can you continue with the rest of the show now, Dennis? <laughs> You're talking herbs before, that's what we're going to be talking about today? Well, we'll try to do that. So there's three herbs we're talking about. Yeah, look, we're going to talk about three herbs, uh, three famous European herbs, chamomile, lemon balm and peppermint, simple herbs, and listeners say, oh, I know a bit about that. Well, we'll learn more about it today. And we're looking at pretty popular herbs, well, three very well-known herbs. We have uh, taken up that topic today, uh, and it was something that was stimulated as a result of a... Uh, a patient or a listener actually ringing my rooms and informing my receptionist that as a result of uh, his taking my advice via our program here a number of weeks ago in recommending him to use chamomile uh, for all things for his three-year unbroken history of hiccups okay and uh, a lot of people might uh, smile and smirk at that but when you think about it uh, three years of continual hiccuping is a pretty yeah, that's a long distressing time. thing. And um, I suggested, I suggested that it uh, would be worthwhile, would be worthwhile for him to try the herb known as chamomile, yep. uh, which always leads to two other herbs in my discussions, which hopefully we'll take up today or even next week, and, and that is uh, lemon balm and peppermint. But getting yep. back to this gentleman, he rang up and said, uh, look, just let Dennis know uh, that for the first time in three years, I've had no hiccups, and that can only be put down to my using chamomile. Oh, yeah. Now, look, that, that was pleasing, but I've used uh, chamomile in various forms for very, very many years in, in my practice and lecturing, and it has a number of characteristics. Uh, most people think of chamomile as a herbal tea that you use to try to get you to sleep. Yep. I've never found it useful for that. I can't. <laughs> my, my experience in using chamomile is based on the literature and based on a, a text that I frequently mention on this program, uh, a, a book written by the great German medical practitioner and herbalist, um, Dr. Rudolf Weiss, a wonderful man that he was. He's passed on now, but... Um, unlike English-speaking countries, European countries have great fondness and regard for herbal medicine. They yep. do not look down and doubt it. It is part of their tradition. And Weiss was a great representative of this accepting the best of modern medicine, but also accepting the best of European traditional medicine, much of which is founded on uh, using herbs like chamomile, a lemon balm and peppermint in simple, unsophisticated preparations, even herbal teas. And we've been on this program for the last couple of weeks extolling the virtues of using herbs in simple forms. In, in Europe, uh, doctors will even prescribe, as Weiss did, herbal teas for specific conditions. Chamomile is frequently prescribed medically as a herbal tea to be taken as a tea across the day for various conditions, and I'll not elaborate on all of them, but chamomile has a couple of features that explains perhaps why it proved so useful in this gentleman's struggle 
over three years to free himself from hiccups. One of the characteristics of chamomile when used properly and medicinally in a concentrated herbal tea form is that it reduces spasm. And I took on board that condition and looking um, for a way of interpreting his hiccup history and, and drama, I looked at the regular spasm that that would cause. That's how I interpret it. I'm not sure that all my medical colleagues would see it that way, but that's the way that I saw it, and I thought, well, what is there, a herb that is useful uh, very safely for dealing with functional spasmodic conditions? I chose chamomile, and chamomile in that gentleman's case won the day. Now, is it likely to win the day in every case of hiccups? I don't know. But it's worthwhile giving it a try for yeah. anyone else out there that's battling it. Exactly. Well, especially if you've been battling for three years. For three might, years. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you'd be wondering what was going on. So simply by uh, uh, getting on to um, drinking herbal teas of chamomile for that sort of condition solved his problem. And a lot of it goes back to my study over many years of the uh, continental literature. Uh, listeners know that I'm a fan of our great European tradition and my study over many years of uh, particularly the German texts and particularly the work of Dr. Rudolf Weiss taught me more about chamomile than any other uh, reference that I've used and I, I mention this because I know that there are practitioners that listen to this program from, uh, that me- in Melbourne um, and, and in the Atherton Tablelands and this is a text for practitioners to take up if they want to learn the wonderful medically proven benefits of chamomile, not only uh, as an antispasmodic agent for functional gut conditions, but also as an agent that is capable of subduing uh, mild inflammatory conditions of the gastrointestinal tract. I use chamomile for virtually every inflammatory state, both of the upper gut in things like uh, gastritis, or even in the large bowel, in, in, in things like um, colitis conditions that are capable of benefiting from chamomile. So it was uh, a trigger, if you like, to encourage me today to talk about this simple, uh, wonderful European herb, which perhaps needs to be emphasised, because we live at a time when, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the health industry is taken over by product marketing, sometimes for marketing purposes, and not always emphasising the potential value of simple herbal preparations, yep. inexpensive and well-proven. Exactly, and chamomile is very well, it's easy oh. to find as well, isn't it? Well, so? it is indeed, and, and as a simple herbal tea. Yep. And, and that's why for the last, um, um, last couple of sessions, I've been trying to steer people in the direction of thinking more seriously about what Europeans do and what other cultures do who don't always depend upon sophisticated and increasingly expensive um, herbal products but depend upon them being used as simple water-based preparations that are medicinally very, very effective. I encourage listeners uh, to, to, to take on board that and remember what we've looked at over the last couple of weeks, the use of Java kidney tea for faltering uh, kidney conditions, the use of meadow sweet tea for um, reflux and upper gut conditions. Herbal teas, particularly chamomile, 
need to be brought back and realise that they are not just Mickey Mouse uh, preparations, they are medically based. Excellent. Of course, we'll Mm. talk a few more about those herbs later. Mm. I still Mm. can't get over those three years of having the hiccups. Yeah, well, three years. That's a fair way. Look, it was quite a pleasant uh, surprise. I... um, thought that I'd get down to my rooms at New Lambton uh, yesterday to, um, to to get in a bit early because I had a, uh, a client that was uh, contacting me by phone and I wanted to be on time to, to talk to her. But as I came in, my receptionist, Dear Shirley, who's worked with me for many years and an excellent herbalist in herself, uh, she she came in and gave me the message. Look, a gentleman just rang. Uh, he heard you talking the other day about chamomile. He rang up about hiccups, and he just wanted you to know that his three-year history on soldier yeah. is over. Okay. Now, that made my day. Yeah. That made my day. It was a good start. And I went home and I said to my dear wife, uh, well... I'm going to talk about chamomile tomorrow because I was stimulated today as a result of a listener getting benefit from what I said on the program. So we've got Ray from Merriweather. And he's wondering, if not chamomile, what other herbs can he use to assist with sleeping? Hello, Ray. Yes, hello, Dennis. Good morning. Ray, when I was talking about um, chamomile, I, perhaps I spoke a bit too harshly about it. I've, I've never found it particularly useful for chronic adult insomnia but on the other hand on the other hand it is still a favorite as a herbal tea to give to kids particularly that have difficulty getting off to sleep in fact uh, we used it in the raising of my four children Uh, chamomile tea is something to settle the kids down and to encourage sleep but to 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 be honest and look this is only my experience ray others might differ with me i have never found it brilliant in in dealing with chronic insomnia so i've had to look for other uh, areas and i'd be the first to say ray that uh, insomnia can be a bit of a beast uh, to try to uh, to treat effectively without going for the for the big guns but i'll mention a few things that I have found helpful and one of which I've used myself. One that I um, encourage p- people to use is is the herb known as kava. Now, you would have heard of kava? Yes, is that uh, the Fijian kava? That's the Fijian kava, that's correct. The first thing you are uh, greeted with when you get off the plane is a bowl of kava. Now, we, we, we take it quite differently. And as I jocularly say to people, uh, I don't see too many uh, uh, Fijians in Fiji that can't sleep. And that might have something to do. Uh, and look, they're a very relaxed people. It might not have anything to do with kava. And I've uh, it, good luck to them with kava. They were the ones that uh, has uh, encouraged, if you like, the recognition that the herb is a valuable agent. Like many herbs, however, Ray, it can be abused. There's no doubt about that. And if people uh, use kava recreationally and get hooked on it and use too much of it, there can be uh, health consequences. However, however, like uh, many herbs, when used correctly and properly, and these days in in Australia and certainly in New South Wales, when used as a a preparation in a tablet or a capsule form in the right dosage, it can be taken safely. Now, when I say safely, uh, one is always governed by the dose recommendations on the label of kava, 
uh, which can be procured from uh, our uh, pharmacists, some health food stores, certainly from my rooms. But dosage is critical. And I'm not going to go into the details of dosage, but kava can be used, interestingly, for three conditions, and each condition requires a particular level of kava to make the uh, the herb effective. It can be used for anxiety, it can be used for depression, and it can be used for insomnia. However, dosage is critical for all of those, and I haven't got the the um, the specific dose for insomnia with me for um, carver. I could uh, easily uh, get it for you if you're interested. But the reason it is critical is that carver contains what are known as carvalactones. And they are the substances which are considered to have uh, the benefit in conditions such as insomnia. I have used it myself in, in our family. We had a very uh, anxious period of time uh, health-wise with one member of our family and uh, I found it difficult to relax and get to sleep. And I used carver effectively uh, to help me uh, relax and get to sleep. Many patients and clients have used it in the same way. It doesn't work for everyone, but it works for many. So in response to your question about uh, the effectiveness of chamomile, I'm not negating the possibility of the benefit, albeit, as I've said, it was more to do with, with uh, infantile or infant insomnia. But I'm saying that uh, kava has a better reputation based on what we know about its chemical constituents. However, uh, a couple of other things that um, might be worthwhile. The three herbs that many herb companies around the world use to formulate their products are hops, valerian and skullcap. I'll go over those again. Three herbs that are popularly used by manufacturers of herbal products around the world, hops, valerian and skullcap. And all those or those three herbs are very well defined in most sensible herbal texts and certainly defined even dosage wise in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia. So there's a couple of options for you. Now I'm going to come from left field here as the Americans would say and and also say something that might uh, make you smile a little bit but it has worked very very well in many of my patients and I, I have for many, virtually all my life, as you would know, have been a beekeeper and an exponent of the virtues of honey. The, uh, the, the substance has come into its own more recently as a result of scientific and somewhat clinical work done, particularly in the United States, by two health professionals who have demonstrated that a tablespoonful of pure unprocessed honey taken prior to going to bed is useful also to promote relaxation and an easier getting to sleep. And I have recommended that to be taken, even with some of the herbs that I've recommended, as a way of addressing insomnia. There's a couple of little hints for you. None of those things are that expensive. They're readily available. But throw a bit of honey in as well, Ray. I will do that, yes. Okay. Thank you, Ray. Thank you for your advice, and it's very much appreciated. And I'll give that carver. Um, yeah, give it a, a go. Now, look, what what I would suggest, Ray, is um, if if you like, ring my rooms at, at New Lambton, and I can give you the, the 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 dosage from the literature, which is recommended for insomnia. As I said, I haven't got it here, but um, my receptionist would be there now, who would be able to help you with that. Okay, 
Okay, Dennis, that's fantastic. Thank you so much this morning. Okay, thank you, Ray. Bye now. Bye. We've got Annette now from Fern Bay, and she's looking for relief with Ross River fever. Hello, Annette. Hello. Hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Uh, how long have you been struggling with your Ross River fever? Uh, no, it's my partner. He's, yes. Uh, about 18 months now. Okay. Uh, where did he contract the virus? Uh, probably at Newry Golf Course, we think, because a lot of mosquitoes up there, and some other people from ah. there have, have contracted it from there. Okay. Look, what I have been recommending, uh, in fact, for many, many years, is that uh, patients use, or clients, uh, listeners, use the product that I had a lot to do in introducing to this country, known as Astragalus 8. Yeah, it it is. I could talk for hours about this product. There's a whole fascinating history about uh, how I discovered it and how that combination, uh, developed by two Chinese Americans, uh, was a leading remedy in dealing with the the vicious AIDS virus. And how subsequent to that, that formula uh, has been used by health professionals. Uh, particularly in the US, but I introduced it to Australia probably 25, 30 years ago in preparation for a seminar on immunology in Melbourne where I was teaching the benefits of herbs in addressing certain uh, immune system conditions. And it it proved to be so effective that uh, it is now a well-known preparation. And I would suggest uh, that um, your partner use it. The feedback over many, many years is that this is a substance or a preparation that is still underappreciated and yet I'm not aware of any product that I have uh, had, uh, had to do with developing and promoting it and lecturing on it and using it that has given such consistent results in dealing with a recovery from Ross River uh, virus plus other viruses other viruses, for instance, um, patients that have uh, now uh, experienced the, the um, COVID virus and experiencing, if you like, some of the lingering, what are called long COVID symptoms, fatigue and tiredness, uh, some of those people also are getting good results using that particular formulation. I'd give him a go on that, Annette. Thank you very much. Um, you got it in stock, I take it. I beg your pardon. You've got it in stock, have you? <laughs> I think I think it's in stock in in, in many places. But certainly, we we have it in stock. Right. How can I get my hands on it and the directions? Okay. Look, uh, you're at Fern Bay. Yes. What, what I would suggest is, uh, as I've always suggested on this program, uh, source things I recommend locally, particularly from compounding pharmacists. Um, try them. If not, um, I'm, I can, I'm happy to supply it to you from my rooms uh, in New Lambton, but I, t I always try to carry with me other professionals and retailers that stock good health products. Uh, right. Try them first, but I'm happy to help. So, so we'll go to a chemist and another, if he doesn't do the compounding, he'll refer me to another chemist, would he? Uh, well, if you can't get it, if you can't get it, I can help you. Well, what... We'll, we'll, come, we'll probably come to Lambton. What's your address in Lambton? Uh, talk to them at the switchboard. They'll right. tell you the details. It's oh, um, better to do I it that way. Got Robert from Raymond Terrace. He's got a question about parsley tea. Hello, Robert. Uh, hello, Dennis. 
heard you mention it uh, a while ago. Yes. Not that long ago, but yes. about making parsley tea. Yes. Uh, I believe it's pretty good for like a osteoarthritis relief. Okay. Uh, parsley, Is that correct? Parsley has a, a number of properties. Yes. It, it is. It can be used for that condition. Yep. Um, but its main indication is to uh, address things like, for instance, uh, mild prostate enlargement. It's, oh, it, that won't hurt either. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's part of the journey, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm in that position okay. as well. Okay, well, are you, are, you, um, are you using anything or are you under medical care, Robert, or what's happening? Yeah, I do have a prescription from my GP okay. for a... Okay. Uh, Particular medication. Uh, Tomsalin, I think it is. Yes, yes, I understand. Okay. Well, look, uh, parsley may well help that. It was an old fashioned favourite used a lot in the coal fields in my grandfather's days, which go back a long way. Uh, oh, yeah. Men, men used it regularly. It was something that was grown around the house as it still is these days, but not as much as what it used to be. And that disappoints me because in the past... Well, that's part of the reason of my question. Yeah. I've got a good patch and it's, it needs to be cut back because it's putting out a lot of seed stalks and okay. all of that. Yeah, well, you, And mm. I tend to feel from... Yeah. But I cut them off and make... Tea. Use them in to make tea because it doesn't matter whether it's the seeds, the stems, whatever. Well, if you've got lovely fresh parsley tops, it is. Well, <laughs> don't don't waste it. What I mean, the the, <laughs> the herb has a particular use uh, for, as I've said, um, uh, prostate conditions. It's a gentle, very gentle diuretic, very gentle yep. diuretic, and it can also be used as part of. Uh, herbal medicine management, if you like, of recurrent urinary tract infections because oh, yeah. the, the oil that it has in, in in the herb, like many aromatic herbs, when it's when its metabolites are eliminated across the urinary mucous membrane, the bladder, the urethra, etc., it has a mild cleansing effect and lessens, therefore, a lot of bacterial development. So if you have it growing around, don't waste it. Um, take a sprig of it each day even. That's what a lot of the old-timers used to do. And that that coincides with what I'm trying to do at the, the, these last couple of years that, uh, that I'll be uh, uh, still in practice, recommending people to get back to using the simple herbs. Grow the herbs around the home. If you've got them, use them. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's wonderful. For instance, a lot of my, of my listeners will, well, when I say a lot of them, quite a few of them when they know that I like chilies. At certain times of the year, they'll bring in bags of chilies <laughs> for me. And I have encouraged, <laughs> I've encouraged people, uh, particularly if you like uh, spices, to grow chilies. Have them regularly around your household use them as part of your food, put them in your soups. Chilies are one of the most remarkable foods for promoting circulation, particularly in, in, the, in the elderly. So I applaud you for what you're doing. A sprig That's, of parsley yeah, a day... This is or what I was mainly what I was wondering. Yeah. OK, I mean, it's re it needs to be cut off. So yes. yep. what do I do? Just chop it off, cut, chop it up and... Well, you've got a couple of options there. If you want to uh, cut it off, you can then... Uh, hang the herb up in a dry spot and let it dry out. 
Right. right. And so you don't waste anything. That is the way in which our uh, forebears, going back hundreds of years, would have used herbs. They would have harvested the herbs and, and dried them out so that they could have access to the herb all the year around. Because when a herb is dried, that doesn't mean to say that it's lost its benefits. Its chemistry is still yeah, in the herb. So if you want to, uh, you know, use the herb seriously, just harvest it, bundle it up, hang it somewhere in a nice dry spot. In the old days, it would have been hung up in the kitchen somewhere near the, near the fire to, to dry it out quickly. But uh, <laughs> I can hang it up uh, outside here in the shed. Well, there you go. You're already there, mate. <laughs> right near where it's growing. Well, well, do that. Don't don't waste it. And if you got if you got a bit to spare, throw a bit into my rooms at New Lambton. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm down that way, I could. I'll take you up oh, on look, it. Look, even some of the you probably if you wanted to grow mine's continental, but oh, oh. the amount of seed that's on the end of it isn't that great. No, well oh. done, mate. Well done. Well done. But also, can, even green, I can still. Oh, yes. Use it you, to make a tea. That's you can what, still make a tea from it, yes. What? How? Basically, quickly. Oh, look, there's, there's no specific um, amounts. Just say a sprig of it yep. uh, in a, in a, a, a coffee cup. Pour on the boiling water, let it stand for a while, strain off the liquid and drink it warm. Okay. Just uh, let, the, let it pull the out of the, out of the plant itself. Yes. Into the water. Yes. Yeah. I suppose if you chop it up and that... It's oh, well, chopping it up, that's better. If you break it up, yep. you expose more of the herb, put the herb in the cup, pour on the boiling water, uh, let it uh, stand there for a while, then uh, when it's cool, drain off the, the tea and yep. enjoy some herbal tea and make sure you're close to the toilet because you want to have a pee <laughs> nearly every time you take it. <laughs> right, it, it'll help because I've got a benign enlargement. Yeah, I thought you did. Mistake. That's why you're on the medication. I know about the medication. But, uh, but also I've got down in my, both my ankles uh, yeah. osteoarthritis. And, oh, goodness, I've got well, two braces. But yeah, well, look, try, brain. Yeah, try, try, try this little trick. Uh, it's not going to cost you anything. You've got it all there, the medicine at your back door. And, That's uh, right. See how you go. Okay, thank you very much, Dennis. And hopefully you. that may help some another chap with prostate troubles. Okay. Time for a, one more call. We've got Alan from East Mayland, and they've got a question about eczema. Hello, Alan. Hi. Um, yeah, yeah I bringing up about my daughter. She's not 17 months old, and she's just pretty much covered in eczema. Is your uh, daughter under a, a, a dermatologist? No, we're just taking her to the doctor, that's oh, all. Yeah. And she's seven, 17 months of age? Yeah. Look, Alan, you would appreciate that anything th that I say, this would be fairly um, insignificant because the child's 17 years of age, one always has to be very uh, guarded about what one says for treating children uh, full stop. But what what you could discuss and you can look at the literature uh, google about it if you want what you could discuss with your gp is the oral and topical use 
of a substance known as oil of evening primrose. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Now, yeah. that's readily obtained. Kids seem to do better on primrose oil uh, than adults do. And where the child is particularly uh, young, some writers have suggested that even applying it topically is useful. I haven't had much experience that way, but uh, some kids that go on to primrose oil, usually a little bit older than this, this uh, child, seem to do yeah. well on it. Uh, but again, I come back to the point, it's just one recommendation. I'm restricted in what I can say, obviously, but talk to your GP, do a little bit of preparatory reading on oil of evening primrose for atopic eczema. Right, yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Okay, thank you very much for that. Thank you, Alan. Okay, bye. It's Health Naturally on 2 and you RFM. Dennis, we've only got a couple more minutes left, so we didn't get to all the herbs you wanted to get to today. We just did chamomile. The other two is lemon bark and peppermint. Lemon balm. Lemon balm. Lemon balm. Oh. You've done this program with me twice now. Yeah, you I know. Be a I, bit sh- more, I should be all over. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there. It's taken me 40 years, yes. but you're, you're a young man. You'll right warm out. to it pretty I've, quickly. I've got plenty of time. Now. Yeah, <laughs> look, we, what we'll probably do, to, to be fair, is take up the topic of lemon balm and also peppermint next week rather than try to say something about them too quickly yeah. and miss the importance of them. But just as an introduction to what I'd like to do next week in talking about these two herbs that necessarily follow on from chamomile as a trilogy of the three herbs recommended by Rudolf Weiss for functional gut conditions, lemon balm for anxiety states of the gastrointestinal tract, conditions that we used to refer to as nervous dyspepsia. Peppermint, simple peppermint, one of the most important and safe anti-nauseants, very useful for aborting uh, vomiting and uh, also very useful for sedating uh, gallbladder episodes. We'll talk about those two underappreciated remedies, which let me say again, are very, very explicitly documented and recommended in that text that I've lectured from for at least 30 years, Rudolf Weiss's work, Herbal Medicine, for medical professionals out there, naturopathic and mainstream medical practitioners, if you want to read a sensible English translation, easily read, read Weiss. Chapter 1 particularly is one of the most exciting chapters that any health professional can read about the use of herbal medicine in the modern world. We'll talk about lemon balm and peppermint next week. It might be a three-week trilogy, this. It could be. It could be. It could be. We'll see how we go.